5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. All right, so as we move on from David and the dysfunctional family tree, we find the next king that comes to the throne is also a familiar one. His name is Solomon. Now, Solomon is, uh, you know, like some great stuff about Solomon is in the very beginning of his reign. I mean, he comes to God saying, like, I I don't know all of this. And God's like, tell me what you you want, and, and, and I'm going to do that for you. He's like, I need wisdom to lead these people. And God says, all right, I'm going to give you everything. Now, I think this is where Solomon gets into much, much trouble, (laughs) because that's a great heart to have in the beginning. And it's always then trying to surround yourself with people who are going to keep you in that same arena of humility, of saying, I need wisdom, I need strength to rule, to, to help people. And I wish Solomon would have kept that same spirit but what we see is that even early on in, in First Kings um, is that Solomon builds the temple for God. I mean, this is also a great achievement, right? They're building a temple for God. But then it follows up with, and then Solomon builds his own house and own houses. like, And, and much of it's, you know, like, here's God's place. We want it to stand out. We want it to be... You know, wonderful. But then Solomon starts to also like, well, you know, like, I kind of want a big house too. And then he starts to almost rival it with the temple. <laughs> you see where the, the thing starts to come in? Like, well, what's what's wrong with this? Like, you know, God deserves a big house. I deserve a big house. And then you start to equate you and God. <laughs> So we know some some problems with uh, with Solomon as uh, this was like the heyday of the people of Israel. I mean, this is when they were at the the peak. People knew them, uh, you know, Sheba, you know, from Egypt. I mean, they people would come in to to sit with Solomon because he was so well known and so well respected from around the known world. But that's the things that start to get to your head. I believe that this all got to Solomon's head because what happened then is he started to make friends with uh, other world powers. And then they were saying, hey, let's strike up a political deal. And hey, I need you to marry my daughter so that we can have this. So, so what do you end up with? Like 700 wives, 500 concubines. I mean, just a crazy amount of wives and concubines, those that were in his harem. Now, you're looking at like, how? How would he actually try to be a husband? And really, he's like, I don't even need to be. I'm the king, so I get to decide. And this is when power, once again, corrupts. When no one's telling you you're wrong, when you've cut out the voices that no longer are trying to bring you back around, you just go in your own direction. 
you know, so today is also Ash Wednesday, and I think it's a it's it is a great opportunity to also understand, you know, the the beginning of Lent with this story. Now, why? Where's the connection? And ultimately, I wish that there would have been a prophet or, uh, you know, some godly person that was surrounding Solomon who was saying, you know what, it's time to repent and turn back to God. Because so many times Solomon, as he was taking on more wives, he was also taking on these wives' religions. And he was like, oh, well, you're a this, and so you'll need your own temple over there. And oh, yeah, you're another religion, so we'll build your temple over there. And and yeah, they didn't rival the, the temple of God, but, but what they did was allowed Solomon to start dabbling. Well, let's check out this God over here. And, and no one is there to be able to say, Solomon, check yourself, right? Check your head, check your heart, because it's, it's time to return to the Lord. And this is the reason why many people find that Solomon lost his way. Now, if you're, you're looking at, uh, you know, whether it's kings, um, whether you're looking at the Song of Solomon, whether you're looking at Proverbs, uh, these are all, Ecclesiastes were all written by, by Solomon. And, and there's, there's some conjecture about this, believing that Solomon lost his way. Now, some say even in his older age, he, would, he returned back to God. But there were many moments, especially in Ecclesiastes, that you would find that he, he really did abandon God, and he tried to go his own direction. And he really found the meaninglessness of life. When he looked around and he said, this, this is what life's got, right? I mean, I work, I toil for all of this stuff. And at the end of it, what do I find? Some fool who's coming behind me to take, you know, take my, my glory. You see, there's the, the flawed thinking of Solomon. And, and this one, you know, the, the disaster that it ended up causing is not necessarily even right now in Solomon's day. It started to crack the door for it, but it's really what follows next. And it's after Solomon that they they worry about who's going to take over again. And then they worry, I mean, and this ends up dividing the kingdom. Right after Solomon is where we find it gets to be a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Why? Because they can't get along anymore. They can't agree on who should lead. This ends up with a northern kingdom being exiled just shortly after this, which leads to years after the southern kingdom also being exiled. This is the dysfunction that I believe comes from, it's a root out of what we've been talking about. And I believe it's a root that goes from Abraham, that yes, that we can even see ultimately a root out of Adam. And this is the, the point of, of all of this, is that, that there's something in the Old Testament in part that I, I really love is this, this idea of a remnant always remains. And no matter how many times people are falling away, and no matter how many times we see people who are like up and down and then they, they turn away from God, they go their own direction. And it says that there's always a remnant that remains faithful. 
And and this is why I always point back to that really important phrase, but really it's not about even this remnant's faithfulness. It's about God's faithfulness to them. See, God was faithful to a people who, yes, constantly were turning away from him. And it is a call out and a call back to be able to say to you, to whoever it is that needs to hear it, like today is a day to repent and turn. Turn from your sin and turn back to the one that can do something about it. And to be able to take that humility, take that perspective that God is the one who is faithful. God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All right, that's where we're going to stop for today. So I encourage each of you, find a church tonight to attend for Ash Wednesday. Um, If you don't have one, come to Tabor Church uh, online, and we'd be happy to welcome you there as well. So, All right, take care, everybody.